some huge percentage of businesses are never going to be billion dollar companies. You know, I don't know what the number is, but it's tiny. And yet we all hear the story of billion dollar companies, a hundred million dollar, you know, investments. And that's just not normal, right? It's like walking around and thinking everyone should be driving a Ferrari. It's mm-hmm. just not normal. Um, and so, uh, the way I think about it now is, um, you know, a good business is one where the founder believes in it and wants to work on it because it matters to them and it delivers value to their customers. It drives a profit so it can stay in business. Like that's a great thing. And the world would be better if we had more of those. Welcome back. This is episode 36 of Ground Up, and it's been a few weeks, I think like four weeks at this point. We've had some big, exciting projects at Databox that we've been working on that have been keeping us busy that I'll be sharing in different forms over the next few weeks. But also, I was on vacation. I went on vacation with my family, not only my wife and my two boys, but my whole family. So my parents, I have two brothers, my older brother has a wife and and two kids, my two nieces, um, and my younger sister. So it was like a big Griswold style vacation down in South Carolina. So we were there for about 10 days and that was great. Uh, But we're back at it now and uh, have a few really exciting guests on Ground Up over the next few weeks that you'll learn about. But today we have Ryan Carson, founder and CEO at Treehouse, which is sort of a household name now, really not only in the tech space, but beyond. Um, But if you haven't heard of them, Treehouse is an ed tech software that teaches people how to code. And so Ryan came on and kind of gave us the history. So while Treehouse was founded in 2010, Really, it was you know born out of a web design community that Carson and his friends started back in 2001. So ancient history, really, in the tech space. Um, but that community grew. Uh, they began having speakers and workshops. And over time, Carson said to himself, what happened if we just filmed these and kind of made these lessons available on the web? And so that idea sparked Treehouse. And today, they've helped over 850,000 people learn how to code, which is insane. So in addition to taking us through Treehouse's journey, uh, Carson also shared his thoughts on a a bunch of other things that he's passionate about, um, including solving a problem you're deeply passionate about as a founder, morning routines and why he wakes up at 4.30 a.m. every single day, discovering and living your why, learning how to sell, profitability and sustainability. He's not shy here. Uh, He he loves talking about the hot button issues, talks about why raising money is not winning, growth without profit is not winning, exits and liquidity events are not winning. So he he goes through that, his thoughts on profitability and sustainability and Treehouse's journey, and diversity in tech, which is also something he's very passionate about, but also looking to change. So I really enjoyed recording this one. I think Carson's a really interesting guest. Treehouse is a great company. So we're glad you're here. Enjoy. So one thing from following you, and I think the other day you posted, Ryan, a screenshot of your Apple Watch at 4.30 a.m. And like, I think I wake up at a pretty reasonable time, like 6 a.m., especially for having two kids. I get a workout in. That's and not then, reasonable. And, and then that's, guys like you. That's lazy. <laughs> and then guys like you make me feel like a slob. 4.30 a.m. <laughs> you are. <laughs> no, it, I'm being mean. It, it's, uh, it's, a, it, it's a thing I do. Um, that started when I realized that I needed to um, essentially change my life. Um, I, I was not selling anything at Treehouse. I was just, um, you know, being a CEO, I wasn't uh, out there selling. And I decided I need to learn how to do that. And uh, I had this one of those moments where you realize no one's coming to save you. No one, no one cares. Like, it's up to, it's up to me. And, uh, and I just decided I'm gonna wake up early cause I got to make time to do this stuff. Um, I do like mornings anyway, but, um, yeah, it was interesting and I'm a little kind of militant about it on social. Like, <laughs> you know, if you can't wake up at four 30, you know, you can't do anything, which is kind of <laughs> mean, but, um, but, but there is a, I think there is a weird, you know, there is some sort of connection be, be, between, um, and Jocko Willink always says this, you oh, know, yeah, yep. li- listen, and I can't do his voice, but his voice is so cool. Um, you know, if you can't <laughs> go look it up, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't, you know, wake up early, you can't build discipline type thing. Right. And right. I do think there's some truth to that because nobody likes waking up early. Um, but anyway, 
it's uh it works for me. I I, I definitely have um, kind of added a whole new skill set to my life, and I've achieved a lot of that from four thirty to six thirty a.m. So that so, is what it is. So what was that period in in Treehouse that you're talking about? You were going through this period where uh, you felt like you needed that that discipline. Uh, talk about that for a sec. Yeah. So um, for any listeners who don't know what Treehouse is, you know we're an online school. We teach adults how to code. Uh, we've taught eight hundred fifty thousand adults how to code in the last eight years. Um, but we have always sold to consumers, you know, we've empowered individuals how to code. If you want to build apps or get a job, great, we can help you do that. Um, but what I, I actually started Treehouse because I have a, uh, a mission. I want to empower as many people as I possibly can to change their lives. And the way I do it is by teaching them how to code because then they can use that skill to make money and money can change your life, right? So it's kind of a systematic war that I'm waging to, so I can change as many lives as possible. I thought that would be achieved by teaching individuals how to code. Mm. But it turns out the most powerful way to change people's lives is to change the way employers behave because employers really hold the wealth, really. Absolutely, right. So, yeah. you know, so if we can get them to change and we can change the system and, and what I realized, okay, employers are, are, you know, in a spot where they can't hire enough developers, they can't hire enough designers and they actually have to change the way they act. And so let's go to employers and say, we create talent for you. So you can't hire enough talent. Can you, there literally is enough people. Um, and the numbers are crazy. It's, it's, there's basically a million person whole. That is not going to be filled in the next two years. Um, that's is it just because it's like a it's a skills gap that's that sort of yep. exists in the market? Yeah, it's just. I mean, just think about technology is eating everything. Right. Literally right. Every, everything you do now, everything you yep. touch, somehow technology is touching it, which means we need developers to build that technology, right? So that's what's that's what's happening. Is is you know as Mark Andreessen famously said, software is eating the world, yep, and that's yep. true. So all the jobs are blowing up big time. And there's not enough college grads. So, you know, there's going to be 400,000 computer science grads. Um, there's going to be 1.4 million jobs. There's not enough people. So we're in a spot where the employers are willing to change. And they're willing to hire people without computer science degrees. And I just posted this on Instagram yesterday. You know, that there's now 13 new companies that are officially saying they don't require college degrees. Google. Yeah, Google and Apple. I, yeah. IBM. Yeah. Apple. I mean, the list, it goes, it's crazy, yeah. right? So what I realized back, you know, two years ago is that, if I go get employers to pay to fund the education, then I can change the system, right? And then it's free to the students. So now we have this, we have a, a big business where we get employers to invest in creating apprentices. And, you know, it gets even more exciting. I can do, go down a hole here, but, but the really exciting thing is that employers understand that they need to build diverse teams. And that means they need amazing people who are black and brown and they need, they need women. They do not need more white guys like me. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, right. And so that offers, it's an even bigger opportunity. Like not only can I help change people's lives, but I can help um, bring about more equity and social justice to the system. Um, and it's all funded by the employers. But I can't get an employer to sign up unless I know how to sell things. And I never sold anything. And I thought I was a terrible salesman. What's your person. background? Were, were you a were you a developer yourself? An engineering I was. background? Yep. So I got a computer science degree, um, and then I got a job and as a developer. And that's when I realized, holy cow, the college thing didn't work. Like I, <laughs> I you know, we just dropped fifty grand and spent four years of my life, and I, I didn't use anything. Um, yeah, fifty grand's on the low end nowadays. Yeah, yeah this is because I'm old now. That was cheap <laughs> back then, but so. The side point of that is like I just had never done sales and I thought sales was like a slimy thing. I thought it was like pushy and like you were forcing people to buy things. And um, but I realized if you're passionate about something, selling is the most fun thing in the whole world. Um, and so I taught myself how to sell things. And and I literally went on YouTube and I was going to say, how do you do that? How do you teach yourself how to sell? <laughs> well, it, it turns out it's like learning anything. You know, you, you go to Google and you start typing things. <laughs> so, Bes besides like, the reps, right? D doing the reps, that, that teaches you. But yeah what, yeah, what were the resources, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So so the idea is, you know, I, I think I found an online course, um, which is ironic right. since I run online school. But 
And it was very simple. You know, it turns out, okay, go figure out who you're selling to, figure out how to find them, figure out how to talk to them so they respond to you, put enough of them at the top of the funnel, and eventually at the bottom you get a sale. Um, it's really simple, actually. It just takes work. Um, so I just, you know, I figured all this out from 4.30 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. every day. Um, you know, and then my kids would wake up and I'd hang out with them. And, and as you know, that's a lot of fun, but hard work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You you get a head start when you're getting up that early. Right. So, um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny how you mentioned the, the college, because I took, I don't have an engineering background, but I remember taking a computer science class in college and granted this was, Oh, six. Um, and I remember, I, I mean, for what it is now, th- there was nothing that I could take from that, from that class. I remember, and I've taken, I've actually used Treehouse. I used to work for a company called Litmus. And, um, oh yeah. Litmus is great. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we had a, a, a subscription. I think anybody, uh, on the team that, that wanted to sort of level up or, you know, just wanted to refine their skills or learn a new language, like the, the subscription was available to them. Right. Um, so thank you. Wow, small world. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> and so, um, I just remember, I remember thinking this isn't, this isn't what I was taught. Right. <laughs> right. Now granted a lot has changed, right. In in the last you know decade plus, but the way it was presented, right. Like that, that didn't exist even no. 10 years ago. Yeah. This is, I equate this with, um, you know, basically being an electrician. So if you want to go be an electrician, you know, you're going to be doing things like pulling wires through walls. You're going to be, you know, testing current so you don't shock yourself. You're going to be doing all this stuff, right? But then say someone told you to go get an electrical engineering degree. And it's like, that's not the same thing, right? That one is a very high-skilled trade and and it's highly paid, but you don't need a college degree. This is bonkers. Like, this is apprenticeship. This is the way the world worked for thousands of years. And then all of a sudden, everyone got confused and said you had to go to college to actually be successful. And uh, we're thankfully unwinding that that story, you know, but there's, um, you know, 1.2 to $1.3 trillion student debt now um, that's wiped out in, in an entire generation. But it's not going to be like that in the future, which is great. Right. Um, and in, in talking about this, and especially in empowering maybe some underrepresented groups, uh, LeBron James recently, you tweeted at him. Uh, yes. He opened up uh, the Promise School in, in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. And mm-hmm. you tweeted at him about, hey, like if, if there's an opportunity to, to you know, empower some of your students to learn these skills, you know, let's talk. So did, have you hooked up with LeBron James yet? <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's going well. So um, this is a good story, you know, and it proves that nothing happens easy, right? So um, I just, re- you know, uh, Trump, you know, tweeted um, that, you know, junk that he tweeted about yeah. LeBron and it made me really mad. Um, yeah. And so I just thought, screw that, you know, like LeBron's doing an amazing job um, and he's an, and he's amazingly intelligent and he's an amazing athlete. Like, so I'm just going to support him. And, mm-hmm. and the thing I can do I know how to do is connect amazing people with great jobs. Um, and so I thought, Hey, why don't we partner? Um, it will, it'll cost the, I promise school nothing. And in the end, you know, we'll be able to place their students in amazing tech jobs, which creates wealth, right. Which creates change. So, um, so started out the tweet, started out with uh, Instagram posts, went on LinkedIn and, um, this is the really kind of cool business development that we've been learning how to do um, is methodically follow up on people and, you know, charm them to death, you know, and, (laughs) and get them to, to eventually respond. And the great news is we're talking to them now. So, so who, who um, saw it? Was it somebody like that worked for in his his camp? Yeah. Yeah. It's not him. Right. Right. He's got to be a tough sell. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. But that's okay. I mean, this is yeah. just this is business development one on one. It's like it takes time. You you know, you don't go for um, you know, uh the the person at the top. I mean, you you talk to them, but then you work your way right, through right, the back right. door. Um, that's amazing. So. I look forward to maybe hearing about that all coming yes. together because that, that that's a, that, that's a, that would be a great story. Um and yeah, just just uh, goes along with the work that that you're doing at Treehouse. Um so back to you know I, I want to get into Treehouse in a sec and and kind of some of the some of the background there. Um, so 
you wake up in the morning really early. You you kind of uh, you use that time. It sounds like for for kind of personal growth and things like that. And you something that uh, I think a lot of people do, but something that I related to that you do is you write in a moleskin journal every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that too. So like, how does journaling? What what has that done for you? I guess like w- when you wake up and kind of first thing and kind of journal your thoughts. Like, how has sure. that helped you? Um, so I I take kind of a bullet journal approach, which is just the methodology, um, and what it helped me do is clarify my goals. So, you know, as you know, we're all screen based now and it can be overwhelming and it can be distracting. Um, so the main thing I used my Moleskine journal for was, um, to write down my why my -hmm. reason. And so when I realized I need to go through this sales transformation and teach myself this skill and it was, I knew it was going to be really, really hard. Um, it's almost like I knew I was gearing up to, you know, run across the United States, you know, <laughs> and uh, and I can just imagine this is going to be really, really hard. So I thought I need to write down why I'm going to do this. And and so I drew it, you know, I'm not an amazing artist, but I kind of drew it as beautifully as I could. And every day I'd, I'd that'd be the first thing I look at um, to kind of ground myself like this is why I'm doing this. Right. Um, and then I would also um, listen to music. Um, I find that music is, uh, is a tool that I can change my mindset with. Um, and if I need to change the way I feel, I change the way, what I listen to. Um, so what's the soundtrack sound like? So, um, I actually used, um, an amazing guy named Eric Thomas for a while. Um, he's a YouTuber, um, and he's just really inspiring and he's got a couple like three minute videos and I would just listen to that and it just kind of gets you jacked. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? And then, or I would listen to music I love. Like the key is like anything that gets you really jacked up and excited. Um, be, because every morning when I wake up, you know, I literally, I can imagine hearing my, my alarm clock go off and I just, I'm thinking, I don't want to get out of bed. Like this is going to be hard. There's a lot to do. Like this is not going to be nice, right? But it's <laughs> like if I can just swing my feet out and then put on my headphones and get up, then I can... I can get in that mindset. Then I go downstairs, make a coffee, look at my why, and then let's crank. Right. 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 Um, and then, so that was kind of what I used it for. Um, I, I then would often look at, okay, this is what I need to do in this year. And then I would make sure that I was taking those big rocks and then converting them to a couple key to do's for the day. Yeah. yeah. And you have, you have a Gantt chart, which is, which is great for, for your personal and professional priorities. Right. Yep. you're not an engineer by by trade by by any means right you can't tell no, no yeah it's, it's funny because i i kind of wanted to take you know and for anyone listening doesn't own a gantt chart it's just a physical representation of a project you know a, a timeline it's goes from left to right you know january to december and then there's the tasks that that go down the, the rows and i just thought i'm not going to accomplish big things unless i'm really purposeful with what i'm doing and I know these things are going to take years to do. And so I have to have a, at least a year version of my life very clear in my mind. You know, what are the big three rocks? And the, the big three rocks for me are my work. And so, you know, what do I need to do at Treehouse? And then my family and friends, my loved ones, what do I want to happen with those? And then uh, my fitness, I just want to stay healthy. And then I would break those down into more specific kind of monthly things. Okay, what do I need to do in the first three months for Treehouse to really move things forward? I need to close my first deal. Okay, what do I got to do to close my first deal? Okay, let's break that down, you know. And then you eventually get back to a point where it's like, this is pretty much what I need to do today. And you don't end up doing weird stuff that doesn't map to these big goals. Because as you know, the way you accomplish big things is you do methodical, boring things for a long time. Um, right, that nobody likes to, likes to do. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like effective goal setting 101. You have your desired output, and then you're mm-hmm. identifying all the individual maybe inputs that are going to affect that, and, and you, you map that out for yourself. That, yeah, yep, that's you go. such a, a fundamental thing that many people sort of miss. And, and, I, and I love that you do that, and I love that you journal because I think, for me at least, I can't so so for me the journal helps in terms of like to-do lists and yep. jotting down priorities or thoughts or idea or anything like that. I haven't found an app that simulates that in a way that works for me. And there's Wonderlist, there's all these to-do list apps, there's Evernote apps too that are used for different purposes and I, I can't I can't do like when I write stuff in there it doesn't 
yeah it doesn't, doesn't manifest work. itself but when i write it down something something magical happens yeah but i think the the key there is there is no really magic bullet anyway i mean it's like you know yes you're using a a, a written tool some people have you know um, digital tools and everyone's asking all the time what's the tool what's the magic and it's like there's no magic you know it's literally knowing what you're trying to do and then doing the daily work to get there and just not getting distracted um, right right and then and it's not clear you know i'm sure you know that you every day just because you write things down doesn't mean that everything's perfect right right and you you know exactly what's going on you always feel on top of everything right, right. <laughs> um, just like i don't either but it's like i basically know if i'm on track because there's these things. One of them is I use a tool called Outreach. Um, Outreach is an amazing tool for sales. It basically keeps you disciplined to do these recurring tasks. So it's like, okay, I'm trying to close this deal. That means every three days I need to touch my prospect um, in an effective way. And if and sometimes, you know, and it just lines up your to-do. So I know I have to do that every day. It's like, I just got to do that. You know, right. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's helpful. Right. And especially in that format, I think, I think it's really about whatever everyone has their thing that's going to work and motivate them. It's less about Ryan, tell us about what works for you or John, tell us about like, and it's fi fine, find what it is for you. It could be pen and paper. It could be some cool app. And, yeah. uh, I, I think, yeah, it's someone throwing a rock at you <laughs> and telling you to do stuff. <laughs> get, I mean, yeah, get, get nailed that. Right. You need, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and as far as the music, I've recommended this to a lot of people. BB King live at the Regal is like my favorite productivity yeah. album. It's like a really BB King. It's got to be sixties. Uh, live at the Regal. Okay. Yeah, it's it's live at the Regal Theater in Chicago, and it's maybe like twelve tracks, horn section, you know, Memphis blues. Uh, for some reason, that album for me. Um, I don't know. Good I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it it gets me going. It's one of those things where it's it's not too distracting where you start singing, but you also hear it and it yeah prevents you from getting Love. distracted. So yeah, it's great. I just I just googled. I'm definitely gonna listen to that. There you go. Um. So a few minutes ago, uh, getting into Treehouse, you mentioned 850 thousand students. Treehouse has helped teach how to code, which is mind blowing. So tell me about the first 100 or 500 and a thousand. What did that look like? How did you find them? How did they find you? And like, to just talk about that whole process of, of really gaining traction in the early days of Treehouse. You bet. And um, I love that question because that's actually what, what really matters is how did you, how did you start the thing? Um, and I actually started way back in 2001. Um, so Treehouse was launched in 2010 and it's now 2018. <laughs> so, wow. you know, that was 17 years ago, right? So again, all I talk about now is long-term thinking, right? So in 2001, um, a friend and I, uh, we, we got together and we're like, you know what? We love web design. We love web development. There isn't any kind of community. I happen to be living in London, England at the time. We, we don't, we want to meet people. Like, you know, we want to hang out. We want to talk and we want to encourage each other. And so we created this thing called By Designers for Designers, and it was meant to be like create a fight club, um, like the, uh, <laughs> you, you you meet, no one talks about it. Um, it's it's you know not centrally organized, but you meet up and you um, you don't beat each other, but you um, talk about web design, <laughs> web development. And we got together at a bar, and it was fun, you know. And there's no money in it. Um, and then we did another one, and it you know, and this is literally we emailed people because social media didn't exist back yeah, then. Yeah. So. Um, emailed people and said, we're going to hang out. Come on, hang out. And then they would email friends. And and all of a sudden, you know, this kind of meetup began. And then we're like, well, that was fun. You know, let's do it in another city. So, you know, and I wasn't married and didn't have kids. So I had like infinite time. Um, <laughs> and so we so we did another one in like Manchester, England. And then we did another one in Brighton. And then, and then we're like, wait a minute. Like, let's go to Paris, you know. Uh, let's go to Chicago. Like, you know, and, and so we just kind of started doing this and it got kind of big. Um, and then I realized I love connecting and encouraging people. It's like, this is really exciting to me. And, um, and I feel like we're helping people. This is cool. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to, um, uh, you know, I was, I, I got my first job as a web developer. So by day I'm, you know, coding and, you know, by night I'm organizing these events. And then, um, I, and I kind of realized, you know what, I really like, you know, creating these communities and, and helping people like maybe, maybe we can make a little money out of this. Like let's, 
let's do a workshop where we teach people how to code. And they pay us like 200 bucks. And so we did our first one. We got one speaker, a room full of people, and thought, let's see if we can fill the room. And we did. And that's because we had been building that community, right? So I had friends to email and said, hey, we're doing this thing. If you want to learn how to make a website, come to this thing. It's 200 bucks. Um, and it sold out. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Like we actually made money and people loved it and had a good time. So we did another one, right? And, and, and did another one. And all of a sudden it was like, this is a business. And so that grew and turned into a business. Um, and that was, um, uh, that, that kind of grew and grew and we hired a couple of employees and it got bigger and it got about 10 people. And then it was like, okay, well, this is great, but I don't think we're actually, you know, really truly changing a bunch of people's lives. I think this is kind of helping rich people get richer. And I, I don't know if that's what I'm about. You know, I, I want to change the system here. And so, but we had all these events, you know, we ended up doing conferences. Like, so we had, you know, thousands of people kind of going to our events. And then what I realized is, gosh, we could teach this stuff over video. Um, and it was my wife's idea. And we could tell this community that we built about it. So we essentially sponsor our own conference, you know, and say, right. Ta-da! you know, this is our new, <laughs> this is our new product. Um, and so we launched it at, at um, one of our events in London um, in August of 2010. And right away it took off and we charged 25 bucks a month and it took off. But that's because of, of going back to 2001 and doing a meetup in a bar. Yeah, right? so you had a you you sort of fostered this community that acted as your, your sort of that early traction. Yep, and I think you know it's way too tempting today to look at all these rocket ship companies and think you know they that's how it should work. I think the truth is you start in a bar somewhere <laughs> with ten people. I mean, you really got to go back to this. Uh, hey, what what's the first step I can do to somehow work on this idea? And if that works, then you grow it versus how do I, you know, how do I have 10,000 students in year one? That, that didn't work. Right. Right. And I think that uh, to that point, too, a lot of what we do see uh, presented on online about the, this rocket ship growth is we're seeing one side, right? You're not you're not seeing the the it, no, nobody publishes their warts. My wife and I always talk about from a personal standpoint, I think this applies to all walks of life is nobody posts pictures of their kids crying on Instagram. And so uh, when You're we, right. when we talk to our friends that are, don't have kids yet, or they're expecting and they're like, Oh my God, I can't wait. I see your guys. Instagram is like, guys, don't look at the Instagram. Cause all we post on Instagram is the good stuff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be really di- you're gonna be really surprised when that ninety percent of it is not nice. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're catching those few moments that that's why they're on Instagram. Um, and I, and so I think it's the same thing in in business. Like you're seeing all the highlights. It's it's the highlight reel. Yeah, you're right, and it's so it's so deceiving. Um, I was just laughing about the kid thing. So <laughs> li- literally this morning, um, we decided I have a seven year and a ten year old, um, two boys, and and they. Uh, we decided no screens for a period of time. Like that, we were just. It was like it's gonna be the end of all, the world for for a ten year old, right? <laughs> I mean, but we're just like this is insane. All we talk about is screens around here. Like we're done. Like for a period of time, let's just see what happens. So we've I think gone no screens for like a week and a half now, um, and and so you know we're kind of hanging out this morning, and and you know one of the kids is like, well, you know. When when are screens coming back? You know, and and then and then we're like, I don't know, maybe never. You know, so, <laughs> and um and you know, it just devolves into this insane like crying, you know, like shouting thing, and and everyone's upset. I'm like, this is this is like hell. I hate this. You know, Exhibit A of why why yeah, how it's not it's it's an addiction more than anything. Well, and that didn't go on Instagram, right? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> not Instagram worthy. I, I actually joked with my wife recently that we should start an Instagram account that's just the bad stuff. <laughs> and it would probably go viral because no one else is doing it. Well, now that I'm saying it on a podcast. So, so no, you should do that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would so I would laugh so hard. But I guess, you know, I probably none of us are going to do that because we'll be we'll be scared like makes our kids feel bad or look bad right, or something right, right? Yeah, they'll but, look back at that in 15 a, years yeah. yeah but that would, my yeah. parents made fun of me and scarred me forever yeah, so. yeah. the social bullying uh starts at home right that, that's yeah, what they right. would think right yeah. um 
so yeah, you were talking about scaling and, and, and so, yeah, those early years of kind of fostering your own community, did you find that at some point, um, you kind of exhaust that early market and, and like, what were some of the things that helped grow Treehouse to the next level? Yep. Well, we did. So we hit that wall and then we went to content and it was like, okay, we gotta, we have to create great content. Um, so we started up our blog, um, we started up our YouTube channel, um, and you know, which one has been more effective really? Um, YouTube is, is key for us, but that's, that's because we're a learning company, you know, and everybody goes to YouTube to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, so it works well for us, but and again, there, I don't think there is a silver bullet other than offer value. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, of the way Gary Vaynerchuk kind of phrases of, um, jab, 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 right hook, you know, this idea, give, 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 then ask. Um, and I think, I think it works, you know, um, it has to be good, you know, it has to be valuable, has to be where people are. How do you delineate between, because obviously your product is to education tutorials. So how do you, what goes on YouTube? But, you know, like, um, is, is it bite-sized stuff? Is it short yeah. lessons? So, for instance, you know, um, we just launched a video, you know, what you need to know about web development in 2018. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's really helpful. You know, it's like, oh, you know, this new framework came out. This thing happened. You should be aware of this. Like, this is and, – and it's really informative. It's 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 a great overview. It's from a trusted source. That that's that kind of thing works great. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, for, for, especially for an ed tech company, the content is, is, like I said, is the product. So there's like a natural extension there. Um, and is, is that still sort of what drives, uh, awareness, um, acquisition, all that kind of stuff? Is that, is that sort of what drives all that today? I mean, you know, it's interesting. I mean, we're eight years old now, which is kind of old, but kind of young. It depends how you look at it. Um, but we get a lot of referrals. I mean, you know, thankfully we've worked our behind off on making Treehouse great. So we have an MPS that's almost 70, which wow. is world class. I mean, like products like Apple have an MPS of 70, right? So, mm-hmm. but that, that was eight years of work, right? So the product is so good um, that people tell everybody about it. It's kind of bonkers, you know? Um, so a ton of people are on, on Twitter like saying, I just love Treehouse, you know? And so I think we get a lot of, um, a lot of signups from that, you know, um, but the, the reason I think why we're so great is because I've always believed that to make a truly great product, you really have to kind of create it from the bottom up and you really have to kind of own the whole thing and you can't kind of outsource part of it and hope it works. So you can't rely on freelancers. You, so, so we built our whole platform from scratch. It's, it's a, it's a Ruby app, you know, we, we have our own amazing teachers on staff. They write all the curriculum. They shoot all the curriculum. They, we have in-house motion design. And then on top of that, we, we've been iterating, you know, how to learn effectively online. So we're like getting really good at how do you actually teach people and, and how do people learn scientifically. And then as soon as courses go out of date, we fix them and we update them. And, and then we know what order the courses are supposed to be taken in. Like, you know, you go to a competitor like Udemy and there's, you know, mm. hundreds of thousands of courses, but they're not designed to work together. Yeah. And so you kind of take one and you take another one and they overlap. Yeah, or they're they all kind of one-offs, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, that's a really hard way to learn. Right. Um, so we can't teach as much, you know, but what we teach is really good. So um, I think what my message is, is I think quality matters. Like if you want to win long-term, the thing has to be good. I would assume too um, the, the the way that you're selling now into organizations, if someone leaves an organization and goes somewhere else, you kind of have this like inherent referral mechanism built in, right? Have you seen yeah, that working? We have. It's so great. Um, yeah. So and it's funny because we're old enough now that we've you know created developers and now they're becoming directors and VPs, um, and and <laughs> then they're bringing, teams and yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's all long term game, right? Like. You know, people can hear all that and think, oh, that sounds impressive. You know, we learned it over eight years. Um, and I want to be doing this for 20 more at least, right? So I think if you have the patience to work on something a long time, you can make it great. Um, so, And um, you've talked about, you know, you, you're 
Well, what I love about and 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 be sure to check out Ryan on Twitter because what I love about you is you're you're no. You don't shy away from like the, the hot button issues, right? Diversity, right. especially in tech, um, hiring issues, college degrees, um, funding, you know, profit, all that kind of thing. Uh, so you, uh, I mean, I think, what did Slack raise recently? Was it, oh, was gosh. it like 400 million? It was something crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, something yeah. bonkers. So, anyways, you, uh, Treehouse has raised money too, but, uh, a, a more modest 13 million. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, compared to what you see, like Slack, that's just bonkers. But uh, you know, a lot of the funding announcements you see, a hundred million. Yeah. The, really, those are the ones you read about. Is is the the ones that are over a hundred million? But, um, but you've also talked about that, like raising money, isn't winning, right? Yeah. And so, right. so, so you guys have raised thirteen million. Uh, how did you view that? And 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 uh, at what point in the in, in the in the life cycle of Treehouse did did you raise money? And and sort of like how do you how do you view that? Uh, yep. Just sort of the whole funding uh, uh, thing. Today. Yeah. yeah. I, so we bootstrapped Treehouse. So we used money from that events business to build it. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't take a dime of any investors' money. Initially, actually, we got a bank loan. So there, there was, it's funny, isn't it? It's like, no one does that. Like yeah. literally a small business loan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I got, went to the bank and got it. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know what? Yeah. That's the way normal businesses are built. Um, and we had to care a lot about profitability and, and bring value to our customers because our customers funded us. So, so I, you know, and then, and then to be blunt, we listened to the siren song of, you know, venture capital and fanciness. And, and we, we, I bit on that. And so we ended up raising some money and, um, I regret that now, mm-hmm. you know, I really do. I think we could have been a hundred percent bootstrapped and be a better company now. Um, thankfully I've ended up with investors that have been helpful and, and kind, and I'm, I'm thankful for my investors, but the money didn't change anything. And so here's what I think about it. Um, I think, some huge percentage of businesses are never going to be billion dollar companies. You know, I don't know what the number is, but it's tiny. And yet we all hear the story of billion dollar companies, a hundred million dollar, you know, investments. And that's just not normal, right? It's like walking around and thinking everyone should be driving a Ferrari. It's Mm -hmm. just not normal. Um, And so uh, the way I think about it now is, um, you know, a good business is one where the founder believes in it. And wants to work on it because it matters to them. And it delivers value to their customers. It drives a profit so it can stay in business. Like, that's a great thing. And the world would be better if we had more of those. Um, and uh, that's the way we're on a treehouse now. So, you know, we're profitable, we're growing, we're sustainable. Um, we don't need venture capital. Um, and now we can be in control of our destiny. Um, and I'm just so sick and tired of the Silicon Valley, you know, circus and and the whole thing is about is about wealth and versus actually creating value. Um, so, are you close with uh, Jason Freed from Basecamp? Yeah, Jason. yeah. So he and I are homies. So <laughs> very similar uh, ethos. Yeah. What's funny though is um, is occasionally we'll butt heads on things, but it's always you know kind of in a joking manner. But yeah, you know. He thinks long term, and and a lot of a lot of good founders do so. But let's think about it for a second. So, which businesses have truly changed the world? Um, you know, yeah, businesses like Amazon. You know, Amazon is still run by Jeff Bezos, right? Like, it's not like he's looking for a an exit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I was literally at a dinner last night with um, a bunch of CEOs, and and a bank was hosting it, and and this conversation came up, and I said, you know. What about building long-term, sustainable, meaningful businesses? Like, why are we talking about that? And because, and let's also be blunt, like which businesses have changed the world? It's the ones that the founders are still running them, you know, 30 years later, you know? So let's do that. You know, I'm so sick and tired of this, you know, hunting for the exit so that you can get a, a check and then go sit on a beach. Like, what is right. that? If you want right. to do that, go work on Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> right. As I said, it doesn't shy away from the the hot button issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was it yeah you're you're, you're so. very outspoken about this stuff, which I think is is 
um, a breath of fresh air, and I think you've seen a lot more of too. I, I mentioned Jason, but um, his partner uh, DHH is another one. Um, Rand Fishkin now on his uh, on Spark Toro uh, went an alternative route to raise money, um, and I think you're starting to see more people. Sort we of are Joel, talk about Joel from Joel from Buffer is another one. Yeah, um, yeah. he's got a long term mindset. There, there's a lot of people. There's a whole thing actually in Portland called the um, the zebra movement. Um, and it's cause it's not a unicorn, like it's a zebra is a real thing and it's also black and white. It's not like, you know, that's great. That's, I haven't, I haven't heard of that yet. That's great. That's it, cool. It's a real thing. Yeah. Something you yeah. can see. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's where you, that's where you guys are, are, are located Oregon. We are. So about 80 full-time employees, only 30 are here. Um, then we have a small studio in Orlando. Um, and then a lot of people from Chaos just work from home somewhere in the United States. Right. Oh, so are you guys, how, how, how much of your team is remote? I think it's like 50%. Wow. Um, so we do a lot of zoom calls. Um, um, and you're and what, a hundred and over a hundred employees? No, about 80. 80. Yeah. So, oh uh, yeah, a lot of zoom. So well, yeah, t- tell me about that. Cause that's another thing that, um, you hear what's funny is I'll see people. So I've been working remote for the past three years. Now, granted, I'm fortunate enough. I'm, I'm in Connecticut. Boston is a 90 minute uh, on a good day drive for me. Um, so I realized for some people that remote to them is across the country or, or more. Um, but you read a lot about people who do it occasionally. And those are the ones that I'll shit talk it, right? Like in a medium post <laughs> or on Twitter and say that, like, I don't know how this, it's not productive at all. And, uh, so yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Like, how's it been working for Treehouse? What are your, what are your thoughts on remote? Um, I think it can work. Um, and you just have to be really intentional about it. Um, so you have to treat people on the other end at, you know, in, in the same kind of way you do people in the room. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're just very purposeful about that. So, you know, if someone's trying to talk, I'll say, you know, excuse me, um, you know, Tamik was trying to say something, she's on the call, like in that way, cause you can get drowned out if you're on the call and other people in the room. Um, we also, um, use Slack, haha, um, as well, you know, just to kind of keep people in the loop on things. Um, there, you know, there is advantages to being in person that I really do love. And I think some of that's a style thing. Um, but um, it, I think it can work. And also you can hire great talent quickly because they don't have to move. So, But I've chosen, I run the revenue team here at Treehouse, and I've chosen that I want the revenue team to be in person mm-hmm. because revenue is this type of thing where it's super fast iteration. Mm-hmm. you know. And so like you'll talk about something at 9 a.m. and by 12 you've changed it you know, because you learned something. And it, yeah. I think humans are still good at that fast duration in person right? Yeah. Uh, on very talkative tasks. You know, engineering, design, that type of thing is often a focus, like long concentration thing, and that's better done remotely. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there's definitely, there'll always be benefits to being in person. And I think for any remote team that's doing it effectively, they, they have mechanisms in place to get people in and, and have FaceTime. Um, but yeah, to, to, to your point about making it feel as, uh, in person or, or trying to, trying to, uh, imitate that as closely as possible. Another big one is making sure everyone's on camera. So, uh, right, the, yep, yep. The, you know, in, in, in the past, like, um, there'd be situations where maybe there'd be a room of eight people, three of which were on camera. And so somebody would right. be talking and you'd be like, I, I need to see, yeah, I can hear the person, but it, you, you, you lose so much. Yeah, you lose so much facial expressions. You can see frustrations in a, in an eye roll, right? Um, so yep. I think yeah, that that's big, and 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 also trying to facilitate those like serendipitous water cooler mm. moments. Um, there's a cool app that we used to use at Litmus called Coworker Coffee, and uh, really? um, it's a, it's an app that basically randomly chooses two people within a company emails both of them they both choose oh. a time and then they meet on video chat to have a coffee together and just talk we do that yeah oh, we do that yeah. too. it's called it's called tea time i guess oh yeah else. something something different yeah um yeah uh less caffeine maybe so <laughs> <laughs> so it was great because you'd be talking somebody in marketing would be talking to somebody maybe in you know a, a customer support or an engineer that maybe they wouldn't have daily access to even mm. you know even in person maybe you wouldn't go talk to that person right um or, or right. just have have that sort of casual run-in. So yeah, um, yeah I think it, it is like nice. That. Yeah. Trying to it, manufacture that's... those moments is, is big too. Yeah. I love that. And you're right. You, as if you said, let's not talk about work, then all sorts of interesting, you know, things come up and you begin 
building a relationship. So right, right, yeah. I, I learned that in my last company. What somebody that was there was really close to getting a, uh, a job at the FBI, and it was like you no know, way. learning all these really cool things about the process of getting it and wow. things that you otherwise wouldn't wouldn't learn about. Right, that's and, so uh, cool. Maybe even in person if it, if it wasn't facilitated in that way. So yeah, for right. anybody out there, remote or not, that that's looking for something to foster more. Uh, employee engagement check out tea time or 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 coworker coffee or just go get coffee with your with your with exactly your just try that and i just tried some weird skype thing where i took a picture sorry about that yeah, <laughs> yeah no worries it's a new um, feature okay um and so yeah another thing you, treehouse does four day work weeks is that is that still a thing nope it's not a thing it's not a thing <laughs> so yeah we did it for 10 years you like um, just ended it last week. Yeah. Um, yeah no. <laughs> Hopefully none of your no. employees are listening. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just one of those things like, you know, we, we, it was supposed to be an experiment. We did it for 10 years um, and just kind of outgrew it eventually, yeah. you know, uh, but it was wonderful. Um, had its ups and downs. Um, and uh, I think, you know, if I was to do it all over again, I, I would probably copy Jason and the Basecamp team. They do four day weeks in the summer. Um, and so they have uh, four, yeah, uh, and the idea is, oh, you have a nice summer, you have, you know, Fridays off and then you go back to normal work, you know, in fall and winter and spring. So, but you can't, you can't do that when you, when you start a company and you kind of get things going, it's really hard to like move it very much. So, right. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, and w- were the days longer or it was just a normal work day, four days, we, no, it was just 32 hours. Yeah. Plain, plain simple. Um, but, we, you know, we just went back to a 40 hour work week. It's like, okay, let's just, you know, let's just do a normal 40 hour thing um, when we switch back. And, and we've been doing that since 2016 now. So, right, right. Cool. Well, I want to end on a, um, on a, a, a on, on probably, the, you know, another hot button issue, maybe the hottest of all. And that's, well, first of all, when you, when you go to Treehouse's website, I think, uh, what the the homepage headline says something uh anyone can learn to code without a degree uh and and we've we've kind of chatted about that um and you you've tweeted about that especially with the news of Google and Apple not requiring degrees anymore but also you're outspoken about diversity right in tech mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know uh women people of color uh lgbtq get, getting these folks you know empowering them to be able to get jobs in tech too um so loaded question what uh, what in your mind has to change maybe in the way that that tech companies specifically maybe hire and evaluate talent? Um, I think tech companies have to know that underrepresented groups do not want to work at their companies. They, they, they won't apply. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So, you know, I'm a privileged white male. I'm cis. I'm about as, you know, right. ahead of the starting line as you get um, yeah. just mm-hmm. because of the luck of how I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I learned is, you know, and this is not a surprise to a lot of people that have lived this, um, is that, is that, you know, people who are black and brown and women don't see themselves succeeding in tech. You know, there's no, there's no huge number of CEOs or, or founders or, you know, leaders that look like them. And so they assume it's not for me. Like why that industry looks like it's full of white people, especially, you know, mainly men. So, so, it's never going to change if companies think all they have to do is like post their jobs on a diverse job board or, or, you know, um, kind of say that they care about diversity or, you know, uh, none of that's going to work. And I learned all this. So, you know, what we do now is we formed a partnership with the boys and girls club and we went to the boys and girls club and we said, we want to invest in this community. We need you. Uh, this isn't a handout. This isn't charity. Um, you know, you don't need us, but we need you. Um, and so kind of went outbound on that way and then got the trust through the boys and girls club. So then, then that community could hear that message. Well, you know, I know that tech companies, you know, you've never thought about that because they don't seem like they're for you and they seem like they're exploiting you, but this company wants to invest in you and wants to hire you as an apprentice. So that's the other key here. You have to change the way you hire and, and embrace something like apprenticeship. So you're hiring people without computer science degrees. Right. You're, you're hiring people without experience because um, people with experience and computer science degrees that are black and brown and women don't exist at scale. <laughs> they're, it's a fantasy to think that somehow they're out there and we can hire them. Um, the numbers literally say the opposite. So, you know, just a, a couple facts to drop here. So, um, uh, 
right now there are uh, 525,000 open development jobs right now. Um, you know, if we if we wanted to make them match the diversity of America, which uh, again is 13.4% uh, black, 1.3% Native American, 18.1% Latinx, and 50% women, that number would have to be close to 330,000. Okay, so we need 330,000 black and brown and women developers um, so that, that those open jobs can match the diversity of America, which they should, right? Everybody believes that, right, yeah, right. you know, like, I mean, there should be equal representation. But they don't go deep there. enough. That, like you said, no. they're going to job boards and thinking that they're just going to show up. Right? No. And so this is the insane thing. So 331,000 people need to be from an underrepresented groups. Guess how many are going to come out of computer science degrees this year? 33,000. Wow. So there are 10x the number of jobs that need to be filled versus the computer scientists that are going to be created. This is literally a mathematical impossibility. So, so okay, so the, the numbers speak. Like, if you want a diverse team, which is socially uh, just, which is moral and is more profitable, the research proves that you generate 30% more profit with diverse teams. If you want those things, you have to change the way you hire. And, and so it's pretty simple, actually. You... Go to a group that has the trust. Boys and Girls Club, Black Girls Who Code, Yes We Code, um, you know, Girls Who Code. I mean, there's a million organizations. Right, yeah. And then you say to them, we want to invest in you. We want to hire you as apprentices. Um, and then you uh, start apprenticeships at your own company. And then you train yourself on equity, diversity, inclusion. Because, you know, most of us are white and male. And we don't know um, about our biases and about institutional and, and, and um, you know, nationalized uh, racism and sexism. So we've got to teach ourselves and so that we can create an inclusive environment. Um, because the other thing that I thought a lot about is what if I walked into a building and I was literally the only white guy? What if everyone else was black and brown or, or, or was a woman or LGBTQ? Would I feel like I belong? No. Nope. Would I feel nervous and out of place? Yep. Like, would I want to go there every day? Nope. You know, apply for a job, right? Yeah, right. No, 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 no. So, so we got to make our companies inclusive, which you can. So the message is actually hopeful. This can be changed if executives decide to hire apprentices and create talent. And if they train their teams on inclusivity, then you can slowly change your culture and, and you turn the key and you can begin to change the system. Um, and so we learned all this because we built this system for ourselves at Treehouse. Treehouse, you know, was largely white, largely male. And I realized I have to change that. This is really messed up that I did that. Um, and so I, we built this system for Treehouse. We did a pilot program in Portland um, and it worked. And so the realization hit me like a ton of bricks. If this works for us, then theoretically we could plug this into any company. And we could then systematically change companies across America which should, which would systematically change the system, because wealth is flowing back into these exploited communities, and then they can finally have a seat at the table, right? Um, and I'm so pumped about this. It just, it drives me like crazy. You could say, yeah, you could tell. You could see it on your face. I mean, you you don't dream small, which is awesome. You dream big, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this this has been. Uh, I, I think Treehouse is a, is a model tech company as 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 good as any. That's out mm. there. And I think, um, yeah, uh, it, it, thanks so much for being so transparent and sharing the story and, and, and uh, you know, your thoughts on, on your journey. But uh, I'm just looking forward to, to seeing the continued journey and, and where you take Treehouse. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for coming on Ground Up and, and sharing so much. It's a blast. Thanks for having me. Love it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.